You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets It's free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We are a few days away from opening day, which makes now the perfect time to give you some bold predictions for the 2023 season for your New York Mets. I got 10 of them to get through today. Before we get into that, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing, JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, I wanted to go through my bold predictions for the 2023 season and just throw some stuff out there that I think is possible, that that could happen, that if it does happen, will mean the Mets have put together a very successful season, one that could make them at least champions and viable contenders to win the World Series this year. So we're going to start things off in the starting rotation. The New York Mets this year will lead Major League Baseball in both ERA and strikeouts. Now, If I just said strikeouts, I don't know how bold this take is because last year, the New York Mets rotation, well, they actually led Major League Baseball in strikeout per nine, 9.42 strikeouts per nine innings. That means they were striking out more than a batter per inning all season long. They came in third, though, in overall strikeouts, 919 over 878 innings pitched. What you need to get a lot of strikeouts more than having strikeout pitchers, although obviously that's a big prerequisite, it's also having strikeout pitchers that are on the hill a lot because the Astros, they end up with the most strikeouts in all of baseball from their starting rotation. And Verlander, part of that rotation, of course, they had 949 strikeouts over 950 innings pitched. So the strikeout element is going to need a combination of guys that can strike out a lot of batters, who are going to be on the hill a bunch. So for the Mets, you got two of the best in Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, guys that at their best could strike out 200 batters in a given season. You get that from both of them, well, you're already rolling with 400 Ks, and last year about 950 is the number to get to that could lead baseball. So you're nearly, you know, not quite half, but you're a third of the way there, I guess more than a third, Bad at math. It's been discovered on this podcast many a time. So we'll go further into where the strikeouts could come from. I think you could get 150 apiece from Kodai Senga and David Peterson. I really do. Senga has excellent strikeout stuff. David Peterson last year was unbelievable with the strikeouts. And now you're getting a full season of him in the rotation. Carlos Carrasco, not going to set the world on fire, but he'll strike out some batters. I, I think altogether... There's so many different options that will strike out guys and so many good options in this mess rotation, particularly with that top four. I really like them to lead the league in strikeouts. And then ERA, I, I don't know. Do I like that more or less? The reason why I say I like it a little bit less is just because the Dodgers and Astros have these pitching factories where somehow, some way, they're just always low in ERA. Last year, 
The Dodgers sat at 2.75. The Astros 2.95. The Mets were at 3.61. They were sixth behind those teams and a couple of others. The Yankees were ahead and, and a few more. Are the Mets going to pitch to a better ERA this season, or are they going to just be better than the rest of baseball? I think one thing that helps the Mets is good defense. You know, you look at expected ERA, expected FIP, all of those advanced metrics that are isolating a pitcher's performance, that tells us where the best pitchers are. ERA is telling us the best teams, right? It's not only the pitchers are great, it's that the defense behind them is great. You know, if you're pitching for the Phillies, maybe this year it changed a little bit with Trey Turner up the middle and, and Martian center and Bryson Stott. They, they got better, but still... You know, it's going to be a little bit harder for Zach Wheeler to pitch to a low ERA than Max Scherzer because Max Scherzer has Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil behind him, has Brandon Nimmo, uh, you know, has Starling Marte in right, Canna in left, two good defensive catchers behind the dish. The Mets' defense is going to help that ERA be lower. You have one guy who pitched to a 175 ERA last year in Verlander. You have Scherzer, who was in the low twos. Senga, I very much think, can pitch to a low ERA this season because you know he, he's coming over and he's going to be the unknown for a while. I think he could be leading this team in ERA early in this season just as the league tries to adjust to him. So I really actually believe that the Mets have a solid case here to, to have the best ERA as a pitching staff. But strikeouts, I think, is more likely only because I just – think that the Dodgers somehow pitched to a sub-3 ERA as a team every year, even when the names right now don't stack up to make you think it's possible. But last year, we certainly didn't think that Tyler Anderson was going to be as good as he ultimately became. Now, I had a couple more uh, on the pitching front when it comes to the New York Mets. One of them, prediction is David Peterson pitches to a sub-3-5 ERA and eclipses over 150 innings pitched. We've known that, or any of you who've listened to this, know, I've been on the David Peterson hype train all offseason. I'm thrilled he grabbed a spot. I don't think he seeds that spot, not only this year, but for years to come. I think David Peterson is a staple in the New York Mets rotation for the next three, four years, as they have so much control of him as well. So I think he really breaks out this year in a big way. Last year, ERA was you know 387. That could come down as he no longer has to pitch in the bullpen just staying in that rotation, someone who seems to have figured it out completely. Now, the last one on the starting rotation front that I have, we're going to actually roll it over into the next segment because I do isolate Kodai Senga as the main contender for this, but I'm just going to say it. The Mets will have the rookie of the year this year. Is that Kodai Senga? Is that Brett Beatty? A lot of options. We'll discuss that in a little bit. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers are going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, from the money line to the spread to point scores, three-pointers drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. You believe in the Mets to win the division this year? Look at MLB Futures. They have the Braves at plus 100 to win this division, the Mets at plus 155, the Phillies plus 400, the Marlins plus 4,000, Nationals plus 25,000. Obviously, the odds lie with those top three teams, and I love the Mets at plus 155. Also, again, don't miss your chance. 
Get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Will the New York Mets have the Rookie of the Year this season? I think they got as good of a chance as any team because there's multiple guys that could be the answer. The long shot would be a Francisco Alvarez because we don't believe he's going to get enough run at the catcher position. Mark Vientos, another long shot because you know we don't know what the playing time is ultimately going to be for him when he's going to find himself in a role. Brett Beatty, guy that could be the starting third baseman and probably should be the starting third baseman right now, He's got as good of a chance as anyone on this team to win the Rookie of the Year. But ultimately, you look at the odds and the favorite from the Mets and one of the favorites in the National League is Kodai Senga. Here's an opportunity to have a guy who's no doubt about it in a starting rotation all year if healthy. So he's going to have the opportunity to to play, to pitch, to, to put up some crazy numbers. He's going to take the lead by storm, I believe. You know, that ghost fork is going to be on highlights all the time. If you're scrolling through Twitter, you're going to see Pitching Ninja, and you're going to see Kodai Senga's ghost fork buried on a lot of batters that are swinging through that pitch as he racks up K after K after K. And really, you know, if the Mets rotation is as good as we were discussing in the last segment, you know, Senga could be kind of vaulted a little bit in the voting as well. He's a cog in the best rotation in baseball, and the key cog that made the team different. As much as everyone's going to look at Justin Verlander as a Jacob DeGrom replacement, you know, he's a known commodity. If you see this guy Kodai Senga, who comes over from Japan and is just unbelievable and is a true third ace for the Mets, and he can reach that that height, the, the frontline starter hype that is still available to him, that could be a rookie of the year. Corbin Carroll is the odds-on favorite, and I, I think rightfully so, but these are bold predictions. So a bold prediction of the Mets winning the Rookie of the Year is one that I think is attainable, and that's what we're trying to do here. Come up with things that you know are a little bit crazy but could certainly happen based on the composition of this team, which leads me to my last bold prediction when it comes to the pitching staff. David Robertson leads the National League in saves this year. Now, that might sound crazy, but the Mets are a great team. Why not rack up a bunch of saves? He's able to get over 20 last year with the Cubs and the Phillies, put him on a, a team from the jump that can win 100 games. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for David Robertson to save games. And I really think he's going to grab that, that closer job. Um, I don't think Adam Adovino is going to factor into the mix as much as people are maybe assuming right now. I think Robertson has the pedigree, and, and he's going to quickly establish himself as the guy. And I see a 40-save season coming from David Robertson. And I look around the National League, and I don't know who else is going to get that amount of saves. I mean, you look at Rizal Iglesias for the Braves. That's a clear-cut guy. Josh Hader for the Padres. That's another one. Beyond that, I don't know who's closing games for the Dodgers. Uh, the Cardinals always operate a little bit as closer by committee. I know you know Ryan Helsley is the, the clear-cut answer, but you never quite know if he's going to be getting all the opportunities there. Uh, Milwaukee, Devin Williams, how good are they going to be? I, I think that there's a lot of good closers that can rack up saves, but I like David Robertson's chances. And again, this is a bold prediction show, so I think that's pretty bold. Now, 
we move over to another thing that ties into the last prediction prior to David Robertson, which is the Rookie of the Year conversation. How's this for a bold prediction? The New York Mets rookies combined this year to hit 40 home runs. Sit back for a second, do the math in your head. How are they getting to 40 is the question. That's what makes it a bold prediction. If I said 25, not that bold. If I said 30, 10 apiece. 40 is where you start to to really, really crunch the numbers in your head. So here's how I got there. Brett Beatty, right? Let's just say he gets five months at least. And that's me, you know, basically saying they're going to abandon Escobar quickly. I think if Escobar gets off to a slow start and Brett Beatty is tearing the cover off the ball and they aren't manipulating his service time, which is another big factor in this, uh, which I don't know if they really are. And we'll get to that with the prediction I have in the following segment. I do believe that that Tim LeCastro is part of what pushed those guys to the minors. And I'll explain that a little more um, when I have a LeCastro prediction later. Stay tuned. Uh, But I really think that Beatty ultimately is going to be the guy. And with that, I think 15 home runs from him is attainable. So now the question is, can you get 25 home runs from the rest of the Mets rookies? Well, Let's look at Mark Vientos. Let's say Tommy Pham starts off and is struggling. And the Mets finally need to get that guy that can match lefties and call on a Mark Vientos. Would it be shocking for him to put up 10, 15 home runs himself? I think it's attainable. Francisco Alvarez, if he ends up getting to be the starting catcher from, let's just say, July on, and he earns a job. 15 home runs out of the question for him. So if one of those two gets a 15, Beatty has 15, the other one gets to 10, there's our 40 home runs that we're, we're banking on. So it's a bold prediction. I don't know if it happens, but I like the Mets' odds to pull it out and for those three to give the Mets a lot more home runs this year than you're maybe expecting as none of them are on the roster come opening day. We still got more, though. More bold predictions. Can the Mets have an MVP on the roster? You've been looking at, if you're watching on YouTube, the whole show today on the side there, who it might be. But we're going to get to that just a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by the mobile game Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. I don't know about you guys. I've always dreamed of being a GM. I've always been, you know, growing up, the kid that was on Madden or NBA 2K or, of course, MLB The Show and on franchise mode, building my roster as a GM Now I have the opportunity to do so in a mobile app that is just so much fun. You guys are going to love it. With Ultimate Pro Baseball GM, you can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible from hiring the right coaches and staff to managing team finances to scouting and drafting players, managing all of those difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want, when you want. Once downloaded, you don't need Wi-Fi. It's all there for you in app play. Locked On Mets listeners are going to get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store, so make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you can scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Check out Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today.
Now let's get to probably the boldest of all the predictions on the show today. It could only be two, one in each league, a most valuable player, and Francisco Lindor will win the award for the Mets this season, leading the team to an at least title. That's how it has to happen. The Mets have to win this division. They got to be maybe even the best team in the National League, and Lindor has to be the best player. And with the elimination of the shift, the reason why I think Lindor can be that guy, can get that type of recognition, is because the defense is going to jump out in a way like we haven't seen in a long time with the, the shifting that has been out there. You know, it's been a lot more difficult for standout defenders to stand out, to pop. Lindor's going to have that opportunity. The metrics are going to explode on him, and he's going to have the ability defensively to add a lot to his game. Base running, bigger bases, that means Lindor can steal more. So all of a sudden, and the Mets are trying to factor in stolen bases more in their game, I wouldn't be shocked if Lindor can get to 20, 25, outside shot at 30 stolen bases. If he's running more, what's that also going to do? That's going to tick up his base running war that compiles together in Fangraphs wins above replacement, baseball reference wins above replacement. So you have the, the defense, you have, of course, the base running, and then the offensive component. I think Lindor's prime for his best season yet. He's in his physical prime, third year in a Mets uniform on a good team. Should have Pete Alonso hitting behind him again, which is a very advantageous spot to hit. What if Lindor goes out this season Wins a gold glove, steals 30 bags, hits 30 home runs. What then? I think you could see an eight-win season from Lindor this year. And now there's a lot of guys in the National League that can put up big seasons. Fernando Tatis is back. Juan Soto. Manny Machado. Oh, they're all on the same team. You still got Goldschmidt and Arenado in St. Louis. The Braves. You got Acuna to, to navigate. A lot of different players that can be that dude. But I think Lindor has a huge season, and this is a bold prediction, so why not? Francisco Lindor wins the MVP. Bottom line, or, or the, the the small of it for me, is if you're into gambling, throw a little bit of action on it. His odds are so long compared to some of the people around him, plus 2,500 the last time I checked at FanDuel. Go there, throw 10 bucks on it. Nothing to lose, man. Win a couple hundred bucks at the end of the year. So that that's the, the boldest of the predictions. Now let's get to some that I think aren't quite as bold. I actually think they could happen pretty uh, pretty reasonably, right? First one, uh, Pete Alonso breaks his own breaks his own RBI record. Stumbled there. You guys heard it. I'm, I'm not going to ignore it. You all heard it. Speed bump. Sometimes it happens to us when we talk. Uh, he, he breaks his own record, though. Last year set... The franchise best record with 131 runs driven in. I think he gets ahead of that this year. Whether he climbs all the way up to 140, I don't know. But I think he he eclipses 131. Brandon Nimmo hits 20 home runs for the first time in his career. Had 16 last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's a little more juice for Nimmo. The fences came in a little bit, right center field. I think he's got power out there. We could see it. Here's where we get to that one I alluded to before. Tim LaCastro holds a roster spot for a majority of the season and swipes 15 bags. That might be my boldest prediction, honestly. I don't know. That, that's a bold one. I, I think so, at least. You know, Timmy Lowe, a guy that 
is here to steal bases. And when I now have hindsight to look at the Mets roster, I think the decision on Beatty and Vientos, it did boil down a lot to who they wanted to grab that last spot, and it wasn't Darren Ruff. It was the Castro, and I think part of that is having Daniel Vogel back as your DH. If Vogel comes up in the seventh inning and draws a walk, he doesn't really bring you much value. If you have Timmy Lowe on the bench to go and pinch run for him, steal second base, get himself in scoring position, all right, there's some value there. And Billy Upper did say when it came to the analytics, they did run how many times they'd be in those situations late in games where you would need a pinch runner. They now have the luxury of doing that. So I do believe that the Mets came to that decision because LaCastro, for one, earned it. He had a great spring. But two, he brings you that element. And he also spent a lot of time in the minor leagues last year where he was able to get used to not only the pitch clock, but the expanded bases. So he is ready to roll. He was perfect at stealing bases in spring. And I think he could rack them up in a hurry. Originally, I almost put 20. But I set it at 15 because I think that's more realistic for a guy that you know could at some point find himself off the roster Hell, it could happen a lot sooner than I think, and this looks like a laughable one. But I got him stealing 15 and being part of this team for a majority of the season. The last one, Tommy Pham is DFA'd before June 1st. I think that was a signing that, in retrospect, makes no sense. Tim LaCastro is the fourth outfielder. Tommy Pham is now the right-handed complement to Vogelback at DH, a role that I think Mark Vientos could fill way better. Part of what happened here when it comes to the decision on the roster is that they had Fam in camp. They can't just cut him. They're not just going to cut Fam and Darren Ruff when, I mean, Ruff, you at least have a larger sample. Fam, that's something that just dates back to the offseason as a sign you made. You're not going to punt on it that quick, especially for a guy that likes to experiment with the different contact lenses he's going to wear during the season in spring. So maybe we see stuff tick up from him uh, as the year wears on. I, I just don't have high expectations of that so I can see him kind of fading quickly Uh, but when they have to give a role to him when they feel obligated to give Escobar the playing time that they want to at third base and they still have Guillaume they want to make make uh, you know get a little bit of run in, in the mix as well yeah you get to a point where you feel like it's better for the development of Vientos and Beatty to keep them playing regularly in Syracuse but I think that the veterans are going to come up short early and those guys are going to eventually get their opportunities. And that's why a Tommy Pham could get DFA'd before June 1st. That's it. Ten bold predictions for the Mets this season. If you're watching on YouTube, put in the comment section which one is the most ridiculous. I'm totally happy with that. Um, let me know what you think is going to actually happen, which ones will come true. Also, if you're watching this or listening, there's another episode hitting the feed today. Our NLEs preview with all the different hosts from Locked On. Uh, and at least, I guess, from, from the Marlins, the Braves, the Phillies, the Nationals, we're all there, so you can check that one out. And we got one more episode for you uh, to preview opening day here as the season is upon us. We're here, 2023 New York Mets about to begin. I'm so excited. Make sure you follow, rate, and review so you don't miss any of the content coming your way. Follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets. Your first listen every day, now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Get you ready for the fantasy season. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.